0: Today's episode of the Shameless Picture Show is sponsored by Mill Creek Entertainment. Mill Creek is the industry leader when it comes to value-priced DVD and Blu-ray features and compilations. They have one of the largest catalogs out there, ranging from kids programming, classic films and television, independent cinema, documentary, and Latino cinema. Hell, they even produce their own content in-house. Mill Creek is a trusted partner with some of our favorite studios including Sony Pictures, Walt Disney Entertainment, Warner Brothers, CBS Home Entertainment, and many more. And the best part about Mill Creek is how easy they are to find. Mill Creek has deals with thousands of big box stores, grocery stores, drug stores, and practically any other retailer you can imagine. Trust me when I say I've owned plenty throughout my time as a collector without even realizing it. They're a name I can trust. Some of my favorite releases include Can't Hardly Wait, Night of the Living Dead, House on Haunted Hill from their Vincent Price collection, the complete series of Quantum Leap, the complete series of The Secret World of Alex Mack, and of course, you're the hunter from the future. Head over to www.millcreekent.com, that's millcreekent.com, and see what their collection has to offer. I guarantee you'll find something great. Arrow Films is a leading independent
1: entertainment distribution company established in 1991. Operating in the UK, the Republic of Ireland, United States of America, and Canada, Arrow Films is dedicated to supporting upcoming and established filmmakers of dynamic new cinema and developing a an viable slate of quality films that enjoy a lasting legacy across its award-winning branded labels, channels, and platforms. Arrow Films is also a leading restorer And theatrical distributor of classic and cult horror films including landmark titles such as the 25th anniversary reissue of cinema paradiso the 15th anniversary reissue of donnie darko and the 30th anniversary reissue of hellraiser these lovingly restored films are brought back into cinemas nationwide with brand new look campaigns with wide-reaching distribution including outdoor event status screenings at various cultural festivals and as one-off bookings in local repertory cinemas and film societies. Aerofilms is also widely considered to be the global market leader in the premium home entertainment market fueled by passionate and expert curation aligned with state of the art in house film restoration, resulting in highly sought after bespoke Blu ray editions of classic cult and horror films across its Arrow Video and Arrow Academy branded labels. Beloved by collectors, these ever expanding brands continue to delight their growing international fan base with regular interactive live events. Festival sponsorship and retail stands presence. Our offering extends to truly limited edition box sets as well as associated spin off products, now including books and vinyl records. We are so happy to have Aero Video as one of our new sponsors. You can find them at www.arrowfilms.com. While you're there, be sure to pick up some cool titles, for example, They have the brand new American Werewolf in London collection, which is beautiful. The complete Sartana collection. Hellraiser 1, 2, and 3. Toys are Not for Children. A new edition of Al Pacino's Cruising. And let's not forget a limited edition copy of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And a limited edition copy of RoboCop. There's so much more I can't even get into them all. But trust me when I say they're fantastic. And we couldn't be happier to have them. So once again, visit Aerofilms at www.aerofilms.com and check out all of their brands from Aero Video, Aero Academy, Aerofilms, Films, and Aero TV. Alright, so, I actually, so I had just, so, talking about mashups of songs and things that sound similar, I had just seen uh, Moana. Yep. And one, what can't the rock do?
0: <laughs> absolutely
1: and a man can do everything he can sing he can i can assume he can dance he can wrestle he can act um and we're he getting can out, smell
0: what he's cooking
1: yeah we're in, and we're now getting out to that sweet spot where like you can tell generationally where someone's at depending on if they know him as the rock or if they know him as Dwayne johnson so that's a fun little place to be at um rock the
0: Dwayne johnson
1: yeah um so i had just seen moana and that movie floored me because of just how good it was and just yeah. how emotional the story was. But then the music, like, was phenomenal. But what I loved, um on, let me pull up the track list real quick. And it I got a lot out of this. Uh it wasn't a little less fun having to explain it then. <laughs> um uh, hold on, I'm still pulling up the, the the track listing. So did Lynn... When Manuel Miranda, he wrote all of the songs, correct?
0: I believe so. Or at least co wrote, co-wrote, but it, he was the the major let's see. Well,
1: anyways, you had the song that uh Jermaine Clement did Shiny. <laughs> yep,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, and I was geeking out over it because of how inspired it was by um David Bowie.
0: Okay, is, yeah.
1: It's it's a very Bowie esque song,
0: <laughs> totally.
1: In the way he's performing it, and um, and I was geeking out about that, and then I was trying to explain the joke to Amanda and our house guest Emma. Because they, uh, with his previous band, Flight of the Concords, they did a David Bowie tribute episode yes. where do they. Yep. So I was like trying to like, explain all these layers, and I was like, okay, I feel like the joke is lost now because I've had to <laughs> really over explain it. Like the song's great regardless, and like I, I find myself listening to that song all, all the time, and then like how far I'll go, I listen to a lot, and yeah. Oh, it's just... oh
0: here we go. Uh. <laughs> Okay, that didn't answer the question. I clicked on the what songs did Lin Manuel write for Moana, and it. Didn't well, it looks like,
1: like it's it's credit to three people so. Okay. Lin Manuel Miranda, a man named Mark Mancini. Um, and then I'm not even going to pretend to write to know this name, but it's a <laughs> New Zealand singer-songwriter, which okay. makes sense. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking. I was just thinking about that, and you know, going That's back to what funny. we're going back to what we're saying. It's like I feel like a. I if a movie a musical just needs to have something behind the music, like Little Mermaid works because the songs are elevating the story.
0: Um, the song I want from Moana, mm-hmm. Lin Manuel was um inspired by part of your world by little mermaid and (laughs) that is really funny to fill you in listen shame listeners um we just got done recording our little shop of horrors episode yeah and right as soon as we stopped recording i realized how similar somewhere that's green from from that sounded like Part of your world in Little Mermaid, and they because they were written by the the same people. Um, but then to you know, as Michael starts talking about Moana and and Lin Manuel Miranda's writing in that, um, how how he was using part of your world uh, as inspiration, just kind of really completed the circle in a really nice way.
1: Definitely, definitely. Uh, since we're talking about um, animated disney films mm-hmm. have you seen onward
0: yes i have
1: every time i see i've watched that movie two or three times now i actually really love it and considering when i first saw the first trailer i thought it was going to be really dumb um but it actually has become one of my favorites i think of you every time i see that movie. <laughs> uh
0: why it, it couldn't have anything to do with the really heavy dungeons and dragons undertones <laughs> or overtones. i was gonna say because Perhaps. you look
1: just like chris pratt but sure oh,
0: yes uh Wow, I, that is a <laughs> sweet, sweet compliment. Oh, you're welcome. Um,
1: and I look I, just like Julia Louise Dreyfus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Indeed. Um, That's
1: actually more uh, complimentary to me, not
0: derogatory <laughs> towards her. Uh, we started watching the show Tim's Convenience. I've heard of that show. It's a it's a Canadian sitcom um, that, oh, I love uh,
1: Canadian sitcoms like Corner
0: Gas. Uh, it it's reminds me a lot of Shit's Creek.
1: I've not seen that, but I'm familiar. Okay. With it. Um,
0: anyway, one of the characters in season two gets they get a an apartment so we finally see this character's bedroom and he has DD stickers on his wall i'm like oh there's a beholder and that's the from tomb of annihilation and that's the ampersand and then i saw like on his bookshelf in another shot a little box of like pre-painted miniatures that I bought. i'm i like oh i know what set that's from <laughs> i so, love that i got to nerd out <laughs> Did you, speaking of which, did you enjoy the Frost Giant that I was painting that I sent yes, you pictures of yesterday? Yes, very
1: much so. Very much so. Like uh, my friend Kyle, who's been on the show a couple of times now, um, he has been getting into mini painting. Okay. He just recently got into D&D, but before that he was playing... I think it's called Star Wars Rogue Squadron, which is like a okay. a big tabletop board game that has little minis. And he also got into like a Western D anD D knockoff. So he's been he's been doing a lot
0: of mini painting and yep.
1: And it's like I don't. Know, I'm just impressed by any like anyone that could do that.
0: <laughs> it's pati- like uh, with my hand tremors. It's probably not the hobby that I should have gotten into. I was gonna but...
1: ask you about that, but I could not think of a, a way to ask that without. <laughs> potentially sounding mean
0: no no i don't i'm not offended by it it is t- tricky um there are some techniques that i can use to help steady my ha- steady the brush and things i've actually found some like youtube channels of other um mini painters with either parkinson's or or essential tremors or other tremor imagine it'd be a pretty good
1: training to try to like like i don't i don't want to say work on it but like we're in to control it a little bit better
0: yeah it's uh, i can't there's no way for me to control it but what i can do is come up with like bracing techniques so that it reduces the impact of the shaking on the final product um but yeah that that one i was working on the other day i was particularly proud of
1: but anyways if we got nothing else to talk about, we can just get on right to the topic.
0: That something in the same vein as Moana and these other like family-friendly movies. Um, will, that'll I think sideway nicely into our. Topic if, what for what
1: what what if I what if I were to tell you that this movie is like the perfect combination of both Highlander and Enter the Dragon?
0: I'd believe you. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> let me take a
1: that. sip. Let me take a sip of half and half. Arnold Palmer light. Do they make a non-light version? I don't think no, they
0: do. No, and that pisses me off because I don't want a light version of it. It's lemonade and iced tea like it sugar, sugar substitutes I, I avoid like the plague. I usually
1: do too. This is kind of my only
0: But yeah, because Arnold Palmers are like really good and they're not typically don't have quite as much sugar. They can be, but yeah. um, depending on the lemonade and iced tea you use. Yeah. actually discusses movies. Be aware that it may discuss any of the following elements, endings, surprise twists, unexpected cameos, and all manner of spoilers. If this doesn't appeal to you, why listen to a movie podcast? Without further ado, please enjoy our feature presentation, The Shameless Picture Show.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Shameless Picture Show. I am Michael Byers and with me as always is a man who makes every episode a flawless victory.
0: Nick Richards.
1: (laughs) (laughs) On today's episode, we'll be doing one of our very special double feature episodes where we will discuss both Paul W.S. Anderson's Mortal Kombat from 1995 and Simon McQuaid's, I think that's how you pronounce it, Simon McQuad? Let's go with McQuad. I'll go with Simon McQuad. Simon McQuad's (laughs) 2021 reboot with the same name. Both films have a very similar plot, so I'm going to do my best to describe them both simultaneously. The Mortal Kombat cinematic universe is based on the incredibly popular Mortal Kombat video game franchise from the early 90s developed by Midway Games. Um, And anyone in Wisconsin definitely knows that because one of our governors tried to get the game banned. Mortal Kombat, in the context of this universe, is a martial arts tournament that is held once every generation, and fighters from various realms are chosen to defend their worlds. Earthrealm and Outworld have been locked In a fight over the last nine generations, and if Outworld wins their 10th consecutive victory, Earth will be invaded by the Emperor of Outworld. In Paul W.S. Anderson's version of the film, the thunder god Raiden has chosen three champions to fight for the honor of Earthrealm. The Shaolin monk Liu Kang, the action movie star Johnny Cage, and the special forces officer Sonya Blade. Together, they must travel to a mysterious island, fight the evil sorcerer Shang Tsung, and best the outworld champions. While the 95 Mortal Kombat was loved by fans of the game, had a sequel, a cartoon, and a live-action TV show, they failed to capture the same success, and the movie franchise floundered for a while. Uh, I think a couple like, fan films popped up, and maybe a couple animated things, but realistically, though, Mortal Kombat Annihilation bombed so bad that they haven't touched it. Until producers James Wan, Todd Garner, and Simon McQuad saw, signed on to reboot the franchise. One thing that was important to them was to finally bring Mortal Kombat's iconic fatalities to screen. In this new version of the film, Earthrealm and Outworld are still entwined in epic battle for supremacy, we, but we now follow a new character to the franchise, Cole Young. Cole has a dragon-shaped birthmark on his body, which means he's been chosen to fight for the honor of of Earth alongside Jax, Liu Kang, Kong Lao, and the criminal Kano. Sonya Blade is also along for the ride, but sadly she was not chosen to be one of the fighters. It's a very similar plot line to the original film and the games, but instead of a tournament, they are training for said tournament. Don't worry though, there is still a shit ton of fights. The 95 film was written by Kevin Droney, shot by John R. Leonetti, with music by George S. Clinton, and stars Robin Shaw, Lyndon Ashby, Carrie Huyuki Tagawa, Bridget Wilson from Billy Madison fame, and our boy Christopher Lambert as Lord Raiden, Or sorry, Lord Raiden, in the weirdest casting choice, up until <laughs> Mortal Kombat Annihilation, when they recast him for James Remar, which is even fucking weirder. Uh... <laughs> But the 2021 film was written by Greg Russo and Dave Callaham, shot by Jermaine McMickling, McCam- Mick- uh, with music by Benjamin Wallfish and stars Louis Tan, Jessica McNammy, Josh Lawson, McCade Brooks, Ludi Lin, and Chin Han as the or evil sorcerer Shang Tsung. Trailers, kung fu fighting,
0: Mortal Kombat! Finish him! <laughs>
1: of us there burns the fury of a warrior in every generation a few are chosen to prove it one of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament three strangers
0: will travel to the mystical realm of outworld to defend our people against shang
1: song you will die and his forces of darkness.
0: In an ancient tournament. One more victory. Your soul is mine. And our world no! is theirs. It has
1: begun! <laughs>
0: They don't need to run. Okay.
1: Johnny
0: Combat begins. First learned about this seven years ago. On a mission in Brazil capture a wanted fugitive. When we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. The target has superhuman abilities.
1: It had the same marking you do, Cole. It's a birthmark? What do you mean? He was born with it.
0: It's not a birthmark, Cole. It means you've been chosen
1: These are your champions. I'm Sonya. That's Kano. I'm
0: Liu Kang. Jax. Kung Lao. Lord Raiden. The fate of Earth is in our hands. No matter how many of my people you put in the ground, we will not fail. Kill them.
1: So, one thing I do need to say one thing I kind of hate about streaming in the world of streaming is, and I don't know if you necessarily, if you, if anyone but me runs into this, but I feel like whenever I start something, I start watching something, the first five to 10 seconds are quiet. Like, there's nothing there. And then the audio kicks in for whatever reason. I don't know why that is. Mm. But I feel like if I start a show, like, whenever I'm watching The Simpsons, you know, they go right into The Simpsons. I always hear The uh, Simpsons. Like, they always cut off the beginning oh. part. And I don't know if it's just me, but it's really annoying because, like, I know how Mortal Kombat begins. And it starts off with the guy going,
0: Mortal Kombat!
1: But I, I, it, 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 all I heard was, Because <laughs> it cut off the very beginning
0: part. <laughs> It really changes the setup for. the I know. Film. I was
1: like, oh, oh, oh!
0: oh is this going to be about the coronavirus? Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> my voice is so raspy, I can hit that perfectly.
0: <laughs> it is. It sounds amazing. Uh,
1: it's probably going to sound like mm-hmm. shit when you listen to it later on, though.
0: <laughs> You're like the Joker's new henchman. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: so, yeah, just quick diatribe. Um, so, Nick, you picked this. You picked this topic.
0: Yes. So, Mortal Kombat. The the original uh, was on that one was on my shame list so though i grew up playing the video game i was gonna ask you that um i was a victim of the um parents of that generation who didn't want to expose their kids to that kind of violence Um, so tame so i well that's that's something that i really want to get into in this episode is uh how fat base you know everybody knows how violent the video game is. Like it has become more gory and violent as it's been developed. But at the time that kind of violence was like, it was that and doom. Yeah. You know, that were the, the two big violent ones. And though I, I got away with playing the video game. Um, I don't think they monitored the video games as much as they did TV and movies. So I wasn't allowed to watch the Simpsons as a kid. Because it wasn't a family, a happy family dynamic. You know that that Homer choked Bart, and they, you know, he called them Homer and said like they didn't like that and didn't want me exposed to that. I I couldn't watch MC, MTV. I almost said MCTV, which is the public access station. That I, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, but it had nothing to do with my parents. Um, <laughs> Uh, and so Mortal Kombat, the film was another one that like my friends got to go see that I couldn't, um, and, um, so it was, uh, uh, Raina was excited about the, the remake of it. She liked the original, yeah. um, and particularly Sonya's character, I think she, uh, had a crush on, but, uh, <laughs> uh so, sh- so she was excited to see it um and i'm like well i'd like to kind of anchor myself so let's watch the the original first and 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 the original is is
1: is such just flaws and all it's just such a fun ride (laughs) yes yeah and it's funny so like i I i grew up playing the video games a little bit so by the time that me and my brother had a sega the sega wasn't cool anymore Okay. Uh, they were just starting to bring out the PlayStation one. So like okay. my dad, give you a frame of reference. My dad got our Sega from the thrift store he worked at
0: oh, and he brought nice. it home.
1: It was super fucking cool. It had two controllers, <laughs> but the second controller didn't have an A button. <laughs> and of course my, we had streets of rage, earthworm gym, and then mortal Kombat one and two. And when you don't have an A button in Mortal Kombat, there's it kind of limits what you can do in that game.
0: <laughs> uppercut, uppercut.
1: Uppercut. I think I could jump. I feel like I could jump. I feel like I couldn't do a lot of attacks. So my brother would always beat me. But like I remember like it was the first game that like i'd ever seen like fatalities or anything with where like there's certain like combinations you hit and you can do certain things yeah and i remember thinking like it kind of blew my mind like how lifelike the characters looked at the time because of the video game style um right yeah and then like we got that device right around the time that i would say i had first seen that mortal kombat you know uh, a little bit later after it came out and finally this game took on a new level new appreciation for me because i now had context to what was happening in the game because my you had a a story yeah because my (laughs) biggest problem with fighting games is i get bored fast there's not much going on like and i don't like button mashing and shit like that so like it added this level of like oh there's a story behind this this is
0: cool (laughs) and and all that you have in the video game to like exemplify that is in between fights when it goes up that mountain your pitcher just slides up the mountain to another fighter like all of a sudden that is really the storyline yeah he was sending and through. like
1: I believe all the characters had because like video games back when we were kids were cool because like they'd always come with a booklet and the booklet it would yeah. give you like the backstory, the lore, what's going on. Like you know, growing up, if I was playing Super Mario World, I didn't, you know, why is Mario here? What's going on? But if you looked at the booklet, it would explain what what's going on, who these who Bowser's kids are, and everything. It would make sense. So like, I feel yeah. like all these characters had backstories that came in the little booklet, but you didn't get that from playing the game. Uh, yeah. Um and. For some reason, I always liked the movie. I I liked both movies. Um, I I just I thought the world of Mortal Kombat was really cool. It's going to go into a topic I eventually want to cover of lore versus story, um, because okay. the these movies had phenomenal lore. Uh, so yeah, when I heard about the new one coming out, I was like, oh, that's cool. And like for some reason, it just didn't click until I I finally saw a trailer for it. I'm like, oh, this looks the way that Mortal Kombat the video games and the movie looked in my head as, as a kid.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that that's a good way to describe it.
1: So it's like, I, then I got excited. Then when you're like, you're like, let's do mortal Kombat and, and it almost felt like, like a dirty thing. I was like, can we, can we talk about mortal Kombat? I don't know why. Like we, we've talked about you're the hunter from the future, but for some reason I was like, we can do mortal <laughs> Kombat. Like that's <especially laughs> was like I had seen it. So I just assumed everyone had seen him. It. Like, so it's right, like,
0: right. So I guess, <laughs> and it wasn't. It, it's not like when I was putting together my shameless that like Mortal Kombat was. What? Why? Why would that have popped into my head? Yeah. Um. So it was really the experience of Rana wanting to see the the new one yeah. that like. Oh yeah, we could uh, we could totally. Because even that. thinking now, of, like when
1: we were pitching ideas back and forth, like you pitched your the Hunter of the Future" to me because it was a movie that meant a lot to you as a kid. You know, like Mortal Kombat, like was a big. I feel like there's a year or two span where in my childhood I can think like, yeah, Mortal Kombat was the shit. We'd all want to be Mortal Kombat <laughs> characters. But then as I got older, I didn't think anything of it. There was like, well, I think there was one point I was walking it through Target and I found like a Mortal Kombat collection that was one in Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation for five bucks on Blu-ray. And I'm like, eh. And I walked away. So it's like, <laughs> it's not even as big of a film for me. But as I rewatched it and then watched the new one, all that came hitting back. I'm like, oh, I like this world more than i like the video games
0: right um i was re- surprisingly impressed by the trailer for the new one it was it's not often that um that a trailer wins me over enough that like a movie that i wouldn't have ordinarily had any interest in suddenly i do and that was one where the the trailer for the new one i watched and i'm like Oh, that could actually be... that. I really like the setup.
1: What about the trailer hooked you?
0: Um, The way that they talked about the tournament and being drawn into the tournament. And now again, I hadn't seen any of the the older films. I actually am just now realizing that there was the Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I missed... That one wasn't on my radar at all. Now you gotta watch it. Um, All right. Um... So and and I think having not seen any of those, the idea of a Mortal Kombat film, first off, video game adaptations are very tricky to get right. Most of them are disappointing or or subpar. Or you know, we we all of our listeners know your love for the Super Mario Brothers yes, movie. Um, yes, but. But I think from from hearing you talk about it, I think part of the charm, it, it's not like their your love for it is how well they adapted the video game. It, if anything, it's that they took it and ran with it in a totally different direction, and that's part of your appreciation for yeah. it. Yes. Is that fair to yeah. say?
1: Yeah, they, they took a kernel of an idea from a very basic side-scrolling video game, and they made a piece of art
0: yeah they that they did um this the the trailer the way that they pitched it and it, it felt to me like oh this might actually be a successful video game adaptation like yeah. that they actually took the spirit of the game and turned it into a watchable successful film yeah and I believe having seen the film now being on the other end, I stand by that. Yeah. And I think and that they did.
1: Actually, I think, um, so friend of the show, Mark who is who was you know, just recently on the show, yeah. uh, movie man Mark. Um, he said on one of my statuses about Mortal Kombat that he still thinks that the original 95 Mortal Kombat film is one of the most true adaptations to a movie that has been put to screen. And I was thinking about that because... I think I enjoyed the new one more, though. I weirdly enough, I think the original might be a little bit more rewatchable. But anyways, um, he and I was thinking about that, and I was like, you know what? I don't think he's wrong. I think that ninety five movie is almost a perfect adaptation of that video game at that time, Mortal Kombat one and two, because you watch that movie, you play those games, they feel. Perfectly in yes. line with each other. Yep. Where I think the 2021 film, what it does so well, is it's a perfect adaptation of maybe the newer games. I don't know. I don't play them, but like the way I wanted Mortal Kombat to look, as I said before. So like I right. feel like they are both great adapta- video game adaptations for very different reasons.
0: Yes, and I, I think part of why that. Again, if you erase any knowledge of any Mortal Kombat TV or or film, and somebody said to you, "Let's let's remake Mortal Kombat," like that sounds like an intimidating challenge, yeah. right? Because there is so little narrative content in that particular video game. Yeah, there there are video games with a, a lot, most video games have much more story than Mortal Kombat does. But uh, going back to a conversation that we had on our previous recording before um, that will be totally out of context for our listeners right now, um, sometimes the challenges presented can be a creator's best friend, Mm -hmm. where I think where the Mortal Kombat films were so successful is they kept it really simple. They didn't try and infuse too much story into something that didn't already have it. They're like, this is going to be primarily fighting and we just need just enough story to tie that together Yeah, through the tournament and people coming to the tournament and, and getting knocked out of the tournament. It's simple. Um, They kept it simple. And because of that, I think they succeeded. Yeah.
1: It's almost disheartening. Like, so, like I said, I'm not like a huge Mortal Kombat super fan. I'm not. Um, uh, nor am I. But like, I enjoyed this film enough that like, I think when it comes out, I'll probably end up buying it. Cause it reminded me, once again, like I said, of, of like uh, Enter the Dragon or of Game of Death, those Bruce Lee films where it's just tournament based. Yeah. Um, it also reminded me a lot of Highlander. Like, it just yeah, had that. Not even be because of Christopher one. Lambert. That's That was just an added <laughs> bonus, but just like this, you know, your destiny type of thing. And yeah. I also love movies that has, like, um, mixed styles. Because, like, you watch Mortal Kombat, you could be at one point, you know, in Shaolin, China... And then, like next, you got Sonya Blade of a fucking machine gun raiding a, a rave. It's like you have all these different worlds coming together, which I, I've always appreciated. But like, what I find really disheartening is so I love the original Mortal Kombat film, but objectively, it is not always a very good film. Acting is can can be questionable. The the yes, the, the yep. uh, um the CGI effects are terrible
0: a a victim of their time Um, to some degree um it didn't age well prince
1: gordo like that live action stuff was pretty fucking cool most of the fights (laughs) are pretty well choreographed but it's not shot particularly well it feels very much like it's on a stage so on and so forth but i still love the film what i find really disheartening is like i'm on letterboxd right now and and not even, even before i went on letterboxd just like how many people i've seen online who are just like shitting on these films like Shitting on this movie, and they like, oh, I love the original film, but this doesn't have any of the spirit. Uh, it's a poor story, which makes me laugh because it's the. <laughs> what
0: were you expecting? Yeah,
1: this one makes me laugh. So it's by a a reviewer named Silent Dawn. I'm gonna read their whole review just so I can kind of talk for a minute about why I don't agree with it. They yeah, get one star. They say stay away from whatever this shit is. Say what you will about the 1995 Paul W.S. Anderson Mortal Kombat as an adaptation, but it has a delightful sense of style and a crazed techno energy, which I agree with. It's great with a couple beers and the volume cranked. This one is Mortal Kombat for the content era, which means it's poorly lit don't agree with full of quips so was the original one and honestly could be replaced with a fart sound with little to no change and directed with too many unnatural close-ups and medium shots for the action not to mention it's cut to shreds in the editing and designed entirely for a sequel in a larger universe maybe they should focus on making a decent movie first before worrying about the next five installments there's no tournament in this if you're making a movie for the fans how do, how do you fuck that up and that's the least of its problems. Mortal Kombat is mostly a miserable experience, anti-fun in a way that any Mortal Kombat movie shouldn't be, destined to be watched on HBO Max in the daytime or in a multiplex with dim projector bulbs. So, like, so many of his problems with the new Mortal Kombat were problems I had with the original one. Like, fucking Johnny Cage has that line, like, those are $5,000 sunglasses, asshole, or bring it on. Like, it's...
0: Like... That, yes the the this goes back to I, I chalk all of that up to the nostalgia factor like that reviewer most likely saw that but back when he was younger and therefore had fewer expectations mm-hmm. and now going in as an adult had and and being more cynical and critical sees the same things. And now hates it, yeah. But like, still has that special place in their heart for the first. Yeah,
1: because like, I actually felt like this. Well, there wasn't as you know, the story is exactly the same. Yeah, there wasn't an actual tournament, but you can say there was barely a tournament in the original film.
0: I, I that did not leave me missing anything. Like, it was still them going to fight the like it. That's such a minor, yeah, narrative note. It's not like the tournament in the first one provided anything to the original that this one did yeah
1: and i actually i thought the the filming of this film was fantastic i remember texting you i agree when we were and i was like just watching the first 10 10 15 minutes of the movie and i said to you he's like this first, this opening shot is better than the original mortal Kombat film as an entirety and i still <laughs> yeah and i still stand by that um because it just it had a like the original mortal Kombat film kind of it i it, it feels like the movie itself is winking at the camera. Like it doesn't feel like it's taking itself too seriously. What I like about this it, film but, is it takes this preposterous fucking plotline and these crazy characters like fucking sub zero and, uh, and, and, and scorpion, scorpion and <laughs> treats them with sincerity, but it also is willing to make fun of itself. Like i I love the scene in the new one where Sonia blade brings, uh, 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 cole young to her her trailer a show it are all like these ancient artifacts and whatever and they have mortal Kombat written on the wall and he goes that can't be spelled correctly
0: <laughs> yes yep absolutely <laughs> like it's
1: making fun of itself but not in like where it's shitting on the material it's being like okay it, it almost feels like we know this material is very much of its time and it's a little goofy but we're gonna still take it seriously i yeah i was surprised by how much I enjoyed this new one, because I went in not expecting much, to be completely frank with you. I thought I was going to have a great time re-watching the old one, and there was actually a point where I got a little bored watching the old one. I still I still <laughs> love it, but it's like I, I got distracted with other things, but there was never a point during the new one where like I wasn't focused on what was happening on the screen because everything was well choreographed, it was well shot, and like I said, the story is pretty much the same. I, thought, I actually thought there was more story in the new one,
0: yeah, I but agree. once
1: again, it goes back to yeah. what I was saying before about Mortal Kombat doesn't have as much of a story. They have lore. They have deep backstory. There's there's characters you can build off of. But when people say this movie is not faithful to the story of Mortal Kombat, I, I jokingly said to you, "It's like you mean the story of two people fighting?" Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, are these great films? No. Are they good films? No. They're what they're decently made. But shame on anyone for going in thinking that these are going to be great films. Like you can't, and it's, and it, that's not a cut on the directors, the actors, the gaffers, the anyone involved. You, you go in to watch a video game adaptation of people fighting. Like you can't, I, I don't know what people expected from it. Yeah. Like, if not this, then what? Like, I I dare anyone to make a better Mortal Kombat movie. I, I don't think it can agree. be done.
1: Like, you know, sure, there might maybe there's a hardcore super fan out there who knows everything about the video games that can say craft a movie that's got all these in jokes and all these little things to the franchise and maybe better fan service to the world of Mortal Kombat but like but for a movie that I think that's is,
0: different than making a good movie. Yeah.
1: I think what this film does well is, you know, I'm vaguely familiar with the world of mortal Kombat. I knew a lot of the characters coming into this. Um, I didn't really have to look anyone up. It's like, uh, it was like, Oh, I remember that character from mortal Kombat right, too. Yeah. I remember oh, that yeah, guy. Yeah. So yeah or like, um, I was really happy to see that they had, um, um, uh, Cabal and Kung Lao Kung Lao I was like, oh shit! I had thought of those people in forever. Was was that the hat
0: yeah. guy? Yeah, I was like, oh, he's
1: always my favorite to play as. Shit like that, like, uh, <laughs> but like, I guess I don't, I, I, don't know what the diehard fans were looking for. But I feel like this film does a good job of making something that's watchable and fun for everyone.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: And you know that guy's criticism, like, oh, they're th- just thinking about the sequels. You can't say that for sure.
0: I I agree. Like I i don't know. Again, you're you're trying to create an hour and a half made entirely out of these like these people fighting and actually one of the things that I really loved about um the films was their nod to old kung fu movies, mm-hmm. which isn't and perhaps I should have, but it's not anything that I ever associated with Mortal Kombat the video game, you know, to to be specific, so to see them, um, the the way that the cameras moved and the the way that they framed shots, the way that they choreographed fights, it was a fun nod for me to see like the and and I was never particularly into kung fu either, but like I knew enough to see what they were doing, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that. I think it brought artistic integrity again to a very challenging uh project uh challenging conceptually
1: yeah 100 and like i i like both of these films i really do and i I have to say like the sound design on the new one was phenomenal there's a point where like which i i love that they kind of cast sub-zero to be terminator in this movie where he's just (laughs) sent to like hunt people down um you know and the sound design is phenomenal there's a point where they're kind of hinting at sub-zero and like they're supposed to be like ice surrounding the person and like i could hear it behind me and everything like this sound design was great and like there's little things too like so from playing the video games i know that there's a rivalry between scorpion and sub-zero they mention it very briefly in the mortal the original 95 movie they're like oh these two are in a lifelong rivalry but they're under my control I like. Don't worry. I like that we got to see it. Like we got to see why yeah. these two are have, have it out for each other, and I don't know. Like I guess it, going in, not anticipating to like it, it was everything I wanted out of this movie.
0: Yeah, I think where the where the newer one was less. Uh, maybe I'll word it this way. Halfway through watching the newer one, I'm like this is doing everything that the first one did, but much better. Yeah, that's pretty you much know, it. it. It looks better. The acting's better. I think they took it more, uh, because of the era that it was built in, I think it it was less of those like doofy one-liners that kind of worked just fine for the first one, again, for what it is, mm-hmm. but took me out of it a little bit. I was glad to see that they didn't go that route with the remake. But uh, like the final act of this one kind of, felt uh like it it felt like nothing really happened in the last act of the remake where where something did in the first one and again i'm i'm being critical of something that i have said myself like keep your expectations yeah. low but if i were to say that the any spot where the remake wasn't didn't quite deliver it was in that yeah, just the story of how they resolved. The yeah, exactly.
1: And don't get me wrong; it's 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 not to say I didn't have problems with the new Mortal Kombat. Like one, and like it didn't even it didn't take me out of the story. It just seemed like it was a weird choice. So we were introduced to this new character, um, Cole Young, who when we meet him, he's losing MMA fights. Um. You get, they portray him as a person who sucks at fighting. And then he becomes great by the end of it. Right. That feels weird because I, I think it would have been a, even maybe a better story beat for him to be like, where we to find out that like, oh, he's losing intentionally. Because like, maybe it pays better or some shit like, right. you know, like, uh, like yeah like that that was a small little thing it's like I kept waiting for there to be like the bait and switch like oh he doesn't suck at fighting he's been losing intentionally or something like that <laughs> right um you know so like you know like almost maybe like uh uh, uh you know he maybe he severely injured someone in a boxing mat in, in a fight one time so he can't bring himself to fight for real but this is the only thing he's good enough to make money so now he 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 throws fights just so he can get paid or some shit like that. Right. And you're like, oh, that could have worked, but like, so like I said, it's not without its its problems. Um, but it's similar problems that the original film had. Like, you know, I don't feel like I necessarily got a whole lot of any of the characters in the original film either. Like, you know, I, I always think of that scene of Johnny Cage in the original film where you know he he's coming off of the film set. And he 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 runs into who we can only assume to be his former master, like the guy who taught him to fight. And they have like this and it never comes back again because we find out it wasn't actually him. But still, it's like that was a weird inclusion of a scene like you (laughs) have like, oh, I haven't seen you forever. It's so good. And, you know, like, oh, he never comes back again. Like, you know, like there's a lot of characters that they're trying to put into an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minute movie and not only that but then they need to make time for the fights it's it honestly reminds me a lot of pornography where it's like how do you how do you fit a how do you fit a story in this movie where we need to have people fucking every 10 minutes
0: well the pizza guy shows up. yeah
1: but you know he doesn't like his tip so they go into a fight
0: <laughs> I, I i love that analogy <laughs> it's video game porn. Yeah, like honestly, it's um, the same
1: concept. It's the same con or it's the same thing of slasher films. It's like slasher films could only have so good of a story because you realistically need to have a killer set piece every 10 minutes of the film.
0: Right, You
1: yeah. And it's like when you when you when you have a movie like this or even the original film where you don't have one true main character. I would say the 2021 film does a little bit better job of trying to focus on one character.
0: Right, yeah.
1: Whereas Mortal Kombat 95 made you feel like all three were the lead character. And yep. then they threw in um, a love interest for Liu Kang halfway through the movie, which was interesting. Um, and then we can't finish this episode until we talk about fucking Christopher Lambert.
0: <laughs> His Raiden was so strange. Yeah. And I'm I'm... T- like, I'm left wondering how much of it was Christopher Lambert, which I believe was most of it. How much was the writing of the character? How much was the direction? Was it a mismatch? Yeah. Of, was something not connecting? Or it, was it just Christopher Lambert being super weird? Think this through. There is a rational explanation for this.
1: He's Raiden, god of lightning and protector of realm of earth. Oh, great. Uh, there's your rational explanation. Listen. <clears throat> What you are about to face is vastly more important than your ego, your enemy, or your quest for revenge. You have embarked on a sacred mission. You have been chosen to defend the realm of Earth in a tournament called Mortal Kombat.
0: it from who?
1: Your world is but one of many realms. One of them is a forsaken land called Outworld, ruled by an immortal who has crowned himself emperor. Now he seeks a new world to conquer and enslave. Now, wait a second.
0: If this guy is
1: so powerful, then why doesn't he just invade us? To enter the realm of Earth, the emperor's demon sorcerer Shang Tsung and his warriors have to win 10 straight victories in mortal combat. (laughs) They have won nine
0: this will be the 10th tournament a handful of people on a leaky boat are gonna save the world exactly also like casting like a white dude mm-hmm. as like lord raiden was a big mis- like i like it doesn't surprise me at all no but no not at all a huge mistake um <laughs> He was so the like the voice he was trying to do was not working, well, he's
1: got a slight accent anyways, because he's French
0: and and I think there was another stage in between that, right? like i I think it was like French, but then lived somewhere else that at like it was like layers of strangeness to the accent, um and maybe I'm remembering that wrong, but yeah. And yeah, I don't I don't try, know his history. I think he's I
1: think he's USA born, but he spent a good portion of his life in other countries.
0: Okay. And he's trying to do this voice that just, like it was just bizarre.
1: Yeah. Like and then like I said, it's like in the sequel they recast him for James Remar, which is also a weird choice.
0: And this is the Annihilation yep. one? Okay, that I did. That's. The one I, did
1: I think it would have been very tongue-in-cheek choice to, if they're going to recast him with another white guy, they should have recast him with Clancy Brown.
0: Clancy Brown. The Kur- he played the edit. Kurgan. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: I think that would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> because like I said, I mean, it was not even because of uh, um, Christopher Lambert, but like I I just really got. Um highlander Hylander vibes, from vibes. Films. yeah and i think part of the reason was like we didn't get a lot of it but like the couple times in this movie where you'd have these fighters in more industrial like areas it's like oh that reminds me of the the parking lot structure fight in highlander right and yeah. i think i talked about in that episode i always really liked movies and content where you have these ancient forces or these ancient people or whatever fighting in more contemporary industrial location. I don't know why it's just kind of a weird sweet spot for me.
0: Um, And certainly for the mortal Kombat films, like there it's the, the nod to like the level design and things, how they, you know, they, all right, let's come up with 10 different settings where these two people can be fighting. And again, they—I think—they did a, a surprisingly good job at figuring out a way to take that element of the video games and turning it into something that actually ended up working in the films. Yeah,
1: and, I, and like, because I think about like you know the two big fighting games growing up for me, and I'm sure you were Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, and. I always leaned more towards Mortal Kombat while I wasn't a huge fan of either because it's like I liked this mysticism and magic and like swords and weapons and shit. But that was also like in one level, you can be in hell. In one level, you'll be fighting at a, at a Shaolin temple. The other level, you'll be fighting in a parking garage. You know, whereas yeah, right. like New York City, you know, like other than being able to shoot like things out, like, you know, uh, uh, blasts out of their hands and shit like more, a Street Fighter felt relatively like. Um I can't think of the word, but like it, it just didn't feel as not far fetched, like uh like mystical, I guess. I don't know. It's hard for me to say. Okay. Like it, it just felt like it was more it was more grounded than Mortal Kombat, which sure. is why I like Mortal Kombat. Because I <laughs> like that you can have a fucking ninja named Scorpion who shoots a thing out of his hand and spits acid.
0: Right, yep.
1: Or rips <laughs> off half of his mask and he's like a skeleton.
0: Ah, which yeah. i gotta say that
1: scorpion fight in the original 95 film was pretty fucking cool when they're um, fighting down like first when they, they're walking through those trees and he's like popping up behind the trees and then they get sent down to hell and shit
0: yeah i'm uh, that one's a state like i'm remembering bits and pieces of it he was fighting johnny cage and back. shit and Okay.
1: And then like he ripped off his mask and he's just a skeleton head and
0: (laughs) that that's again the like cheesy mid nineties CGI. But even
1: like the little CGI of like the thing coming
0: out of his hand is like, you know what? That's not terrible. (laughs) I I found myself giggling at it and again like how do you you can see them trying to like make sense of these things that you don't need to make sense of in the video games. I I think the, the newer one did it better. Like I liked the, that rope thing that he had. And then it kind of like be in, after he died, it kind of, you know, became tied into his persona Mm -hmm. um, versus just it, like pushing through the Mm -hmm. skin of the palm. Um, Yeah. But, um, but again, like, what do you expect out of a mortal Kombat movie? It's about expectation. I do have to say,
1: I love that both movies had like, had a, their big moment of Liu Kang hitting that really ridiculous bicycle kick, <laughs> but they yeah. both like built to this big moment of it happening too. I know it, that that yeah. always amuses me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like um, I, I honestly like I. I don't dislike either of these films. I like both of these films. And funny enough, I after I had re after I had rewatched the original and watched the new one, I was kind of on like a Mortal Kombat high. And I was like, oh, I kind of want to watch Annihilation. And I never really watched that TV show. I wonder how that is. And I'm sure I'll get like, I'll lose interest somewhere in the process of this. But I was like, I just like this world. I just want to keep <laughs> doing shit in this world. Not necessarily play the games because that and I would get bored, but.
0: Yeah, what I... <laughs> Before I was kind of complaining about um, Johnny Tage's like comic relief in the first one. And I stand by it. Um, but another way that the, um, that the remake I felt was more effective was Jack's being the comedic, the comedic relief uh, in the new one. I think as like a, like a grizzled kind of asshole character, I think he, he served that narrative purpose much better. That actor, that performance, that the, the writing. Um, I think he was much better. I agree. And I'm thinking of the right name, right? The one with the laser. Eyes. Oh no, that's Kano. Kano. Sorry. Kano. Jax is the, the robot arm.
1: Yeah. And then,
0: okay. Kano in the, in the new one.
1: Yes, I agree. He, he was a lot of fun. Um, and then the last thing I've been kind of touching on it, but I, I wanted to bring it up again just to give my kind of thoughts on it. As I I said before, I said to you when we were originally messaging and um, especially when people are complaining about the story in this film. And I went on to say that I think a lot of people can confuse three things. They confuse lore, story, and plot Mm -hmm. for all being the same thing. Yeah. And like...
0: In the same way that they'll confuse like protagonist, main character, and hero. Yes.
1: Yes. And like I guess and if someone's out there who's a big fan of these fucking video games, please correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. But <laughs> I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. <laughs> to my knowledge, I just I just never thought there was a whole lot of whole lot of story going on in these games. The story is, you know, Earth Realm and Outworld in a battle with each other and if outworld wins it's going to take over the earth so the earth needs to choose their champions to fight back that's the story plot yeah. is then so that's the story The the fighters of earth need to stop the fighters of outworld from taking over that's the story plot is what happens then in that story you know lu kang meets Lord Raiden. And Lord Raiden tells him he needs to go to this boat. Luke Kang goes to the boat, meets these people. These people then go to the island. That's plot. The,
0: that's so the, the video games have zero has a story, yes. but the video games have zero plot.
1: And then lore is the backstory. It's it's all right. the stuff that are built into the, it's world building. And that's where I think Mortal Kombat does very well. Is it has a big world. Um so I guess I'm just legitimately curious, like I would love to hear from a fan of Mortal Kombat who loves the original film, who hates the new one, or maybe just, you know, <laughs> wasn't a fan of it, and find out what they thought the original film did better than the new one and why. I would, And I'm not trying to start a fight. I legitimately want to know because for my money, I thought the 2021 film did a better job than the original one. I still think the, the 95 version... Is a lot of fun, and like I said, it might even be a little bit more rewatchable just because of how fun it is. Yeah. Uh, um. But, like, that—that's what I want to know. It's like if, if you have a problem with the story and story, how I defined it, what is wrong with the story? Because they have the same story. Yes, there wasn't an actual tournament, but they still got to the same point.
0: Right, and to say the movie sucks because it didn't have a tournament is not really. A- and it was it, it was tied
1: battle. into the story, too. You know, Shang Tsung's like, fuck the," Since you said fuck the tournament, let's kill them beforehand. So that way we don't have opposition. Right? Yep. And then, oh, they're stronger than we thought. Well, we'll have to regroup and come back for the tournament. So like, yes, they are building towards a sequel, but every movie is um, right. You know,
0: and you you can validly say that you're disappointed that they didn't include a tournament. But that's different than the movie sucks because it did. Yeah, because like
1: the original tournament. film had a apparently had a tournament. And it was barely a tournament. Like we saw a right. couple fights,
0: and like, I don't really feel like it was a tournament other than they said no. It the fights were really kind of happening. On, it was like pre tournament battles, and yeah. then like an argument broke out in the food hall. So they like it wasn't the structured tournament that we were watching yeah. the whole time. And I think you need to have that. In, the, in order to build narrative in a place where there is no plot, yeah, I, right? Because if it starts out, if if what we're watching is the tournament, there's like you're, then it's a one act film. Yeah. It's hard to, I mean, it's not impossible, but I understand why they divided yeah, it Yeah, like up
1: seriously, like I keep going back way. to Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon was able to have a tournament in the film, but then also have a James Bond subplot and all this other stuff going on. Like if, if the tournament is your whole big thing of why you like the 95 movie the best, they didn't even do a tournament that well. Like there's better movies that have done the tournament better. Like I think that's semantics. And so it's like, if you, if you don't like the story, I'd really like to find out why, because they have essentially the same story. I can understand if someone's like, Oh, I don't like the plot. You know, there's too much plot. There's too much going on. There's too much happening. I'd still debate that, but that's your opinion. You know, if you didn't like the way that the plot played out to get to tell the story, understandable i would still like to hear why and you know i thought it was pretty true to the lore of mortal kombat like i guess that's the way i'm seeing it
0: yeah no i i agree with you totally um for the record uh based on this conversation i am adding a i am officially adding enter the dragon to my shameless oh you've not seen it i have not seen i i, I haven't watched a whole lot of like kung fu kind of Uh,
1: it's probably bruce lee's best known film yeah um for a lot of people it's considered one of the greatest martial arts films of all time i think i like some of his other films better but enter the dragon is one of the most important kung fu films of all time because it brought it to the united
0: states yeah, okay i i am not sure if i have ever seen a bruce leaf well i
1: guess let's do it this way we'll see enter the dragon because i think enter the dragon is most people's entry point to bruce it, Lee. It,
0: it's a good gateway um yeah.
1: if you if you're like that was fine i don't know if i necessarily need to see more fine if you're like i like that enough that i'd see another one let me know and then we can kind of build from there
0: right yeah so there's there's one more thing i'd like to dive into here yeah. and again we kind of hinted at it in our pre-show texting um something that i found really interesting watch i watched the the original first was how was the lack of violence yeah um so the the video game was notorious at the time for being super violent super bloody super gory the fatality is like it was like it was like the dnd satanic panic but of the 90s the the thing that the pta parents were like oh heavens to betsy my little tommy is playing this devil worshiping game with blood and and spinal cords being ripped out and whatever um so it surprised me and and i kind of pieced it together afterwards pretty quickly but how whenever like they they would like start to set up oh So a fatality is going to happen and then they cut away and maybe you hear a squelch or something, but there was zero blood, zero, like there were some punches and things, but there was so little actual violence in a game based on violent battles to the death.
1: Yeah. It's, it's actually kind of crazy. Like that they made a mortal Kombat movie that was PG 13
0: so i i realized that the core audience for this film when the the original when it came out was like what 12 to 17 year olds maybe something like that yeah so if you don't make this film pg-13 or pg you know ideally your core audience can't go yeah and it's gonna like they they if they put blood and gore in this film they would not have had an audience for it.
1: No, and it's like parent uh, like back then, parents weren't playing Mortal Kombat. Right. Kids were. Yeah. Nowadays, it's eighteen to eighteen plus who are playing Mortal Kombat.
0: Right. They it in the same way that like bands, their style or uh, maybe a better analogy is a radio station. Mm-hmm. So a radio station that I listened to in the nineties that was playing new music is now playing oldies (laughs) yeah (laughs) because like it doesn't make sense to try and regain an audience every decade Mm -hmm. it makes more sense to keep catering to the people that are already listening so i i that's another reason why i think it's a great time to redo mortal Kombat because now their audience the people that were playing it when they were 13 and are now in their 30s and 40s you know that they're old enough now they get the Mortal combat gore yep. that they couldn't include uh back in the 90s and it shows like the the new one was very gory and bloody and not not too much it wasn't like the uh, this is the second time we're going to reference saw in in as many episodes but like you know the the it wasn't hostile. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't need to be, but they got to make it bloody. Yeah, they got to see somebody get ripped in two by the saw blade hat. You know the um, it that that alone, watching these two back to back and watching them both for the first time, that was the biggest, most stark difference between the two, and it it makes a lot of sense based on when they came out and how old their audience was. Yeah, like you know that.
1: Like, it was one of the earlier fights in the movie, but like when you had Jax fighting Sub Zero and he got his fucking arms ripped off. You're like, right?
0: Oh. God. <laughs> yeah. And Jax's or- origin story. There you go. We got to see the arm. We got to see Scorpion become Scorpion. We yeah. got to see uh, Jax become Jax. It was cool. It wasn't, there wasn't too much origin story, but we got to see several people become who we knew them as. Yeah.
1: I completely Which. Agree
0: there's plot mm-hmm. but turning lore into plot
1: yeah yeah because because all those little things that's just plot points you know the story is you know if we're gonna really whittle it down saving the world
0: so, yeah, as, as is usually the case yeah. um how are we doing on time um
1: we- i have a set an hour and two minutes
0: Okay, that's, I think, for Mortal Kombat. Honestly, more didn't. than I
1: thought we were going to get out of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, honestly, I, there was a small part of me that was like, oh, let's do Mortal Kombat first just so we can get that one out the way.
0: And, but, you know, both of these turned out to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, what we, I felt better about it when we started. Ta- oh, I want to talk about this, mm-hmm. and I want to talk about this. Like, it, I something that I, it, there's exceptions. Not every episode is a is a banger, but. Um, I think something you said was that I think we're at our best when we're using the films that we're discussing to actually talk about uh, denser, more conceptual things. Yeah. Uh, When we're talking about storytelling, when we're talking about filmmaking, when we're talking about social justice or injustice issues, when we're talking about um, film... uh, uh, Blocking, you know, editing yeah, out like the controversial. Yeah, things exactly. Like, you
1: know, people cancel. I just don't feel like this show would be very interesting if we were like, yeah, so that fight in, in the original Mortal Kombat where they fought was super cool yeah that was a cool fight how about this fight and like it's there's or, a little bit of that or
0: that movie sucked because yeah. it didn't there's, have a tournament there's... wow we're being really mean to that reviewer the tournament yeah. sucked. yeah well, he, he was
1: just the first reviewer that i saw that hit all the points that i've been hearing multiple people hit so i'm sorry he, he was... um <laughs> i am sorry film reviewer I, I said your name before um this is but you know, I I don't mean to pick on you. I'm sure you. I'm sure you've written some really phenomenal reviews, and I'm sure I hate movies that you love. But right. you just happen to and be the first person that I, I saw.
0: I'm I'm getting uh, flashbacks to the end of Jay and Silent Bob's "Right Back," where they're going through all the internet comments about <laughs> yes. them sucking and like yeah. beating their ass, <laughs> going to their houses and beating their asses. Yep. But for me,
1: like I, I agree. Like and that, this reason I said it originally, like. I think we are best when like you said we use this as a springboard or like um, Liam O'Donnell, who was on the show um, talking about Rough Cut Collective, his uh, T-shirt company.
0: Yep. Yep. That was a great. Ep. I really enjoyed that.
1: When Liam was uh, like he he has a podcast, too, called uh, Cinema Smorgasbord, where they do themes and they do one called they and. They, they kind of switch up the themes every month. They do an ongoing one called Praising Kane, where they are going through the work of Carol Kane and <laughs> giving her credit where credit's due. And they were they did an episode on Annie Hall, and they w- originally talked about skipping the episode altogether because they didn't really want to give Woody Allen more credit than he deserves. Sure. Um, but Carol Kane herself says it was a very important movie for her in her career so instead of sitting down and being like "Oh here's Annie Hall and you're know, talking about it they instead used it as a platform to talk about if you're able being able to separate the art from the artist and if you can yep. do that and Absolutely. if you can't wh- why you can do it with some artists and not others and kind of and they and they used that as they barely talked about um Annie Hall as a whole they talked about her in the movie but you know right. but I still thought it was a it was a great conversation about Annie Hall
0: I think those conversations are extremely important. Mm -hmm. And if you cancel the film, if you refuse to, I I understand the importance of platform and giving things attention uh, and, and the power that that has, what, what any given platform chooses to highlight um, that that has power.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So for, for me and like for the example of Annie Hall, equally as important is why you're highlighting why you're using your platform to discuss it yeah so you you can use your platform to talk about Annie Hall in a um, in a way that disregards or ignores the controversy of the filmmaker yeah. or you can use it as a platform to discuss why it's problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you you're having those conversations, then the platform is being responsible. I think yeah. it, it, it's about you know what what you're choosing to discuss. I think uh, uh, did we? I think we did a Roman Polanski film at one point that uh, we we had a similar kind of discussion about. Though now I can't think. Of I know, the film I, and... I
1: know me. I discussed ha- we I discussed a Roman Polanski film on frightmares on that podcast okay um you know, i uh, i feel like yeah we i feel like we've talked about some controversial figure Absolutely. on the show um i'm actually looking at our list of films right now for some reason i can i know what you're talking about i cannot remember what the movie was or what we had talked right. about but it was there somewhere you know you can't do five seasons of a tv show and or not tv show of um podcast and not eventually get to someone (laughs) who's uh
0: i think we were talking about rosemary's baby at some point we very well could have been yeah even if it wasn't like the topic of the episode i think that sounds right that came into play
1: that sounds right
0: um but oh you know who
1: we were talking about we were probably talking about john landis when we did coming to america
0: oh that was the recent one yeah yeah. um yeah no i think uh i think that's That about again, there's not like a bunch of storyline to dive into, it's more about a discussion about video game remakes and, and um, as always, expectations that we bring into your viewing. Um, But overall, enjoyable films, yeah, as long as you keep the bar appropriately low, um, and (laughs) um, they're enjoyable. I I don't know that I'll ever watch them again, but if I do, I'm going to enjoy the ride. Yeah.
1: 100%. Well,
0: you know? Any, anything else that you wanted to to throw in there in, in the mix about anything else?
1: Not that I can think. Oh, actually, this is a cool one. Um, I am actually a going to be a judge for the Milwaukee Short Film Festival.
0: That's right. When is that? Will this episode come out after I that? I think happens, so, or? but <laughs>
1: I'm going to find out. Cause I don't, cause I, I haven't been sent any of the films yet. It is September 10th through November. Oh, this will. Yeah. Through November 21st. Wow. That's a long festival guys. Oh, I it's probably <laughs> going to be online. So that makes sense.
0: Okay.
1: So yes.
0: So you're going to be the judge. I'm going to be
1: one of the judges. A, yes. A judge. Yeah. I'm going to be one of the judges. <laughs> Um, that's awesome yeah i've not gotten a judge before i've done panels and i've done other stuff but i've never gotten to actually be a judge so that's gonna be exciting i'm gonna be watching a lot of short films cool so
0: um and do you have uh is this a festival that you've done work with before have you partnered yes
1: my um from the darkness theater i think actually all of my films have shown there um I've done panels for them before. We, we did a, uh, I did a panel for them um, about low-budget filmmaking, which was actually an episode for us, I think, in season two.
0: Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right.
1: Um, so, yeah, I've done work with them
0: before. Okay. And so, uh, assuming this comes out before the festival, which I'm pretty confident that it will. Yes. Um, take a look at that and uh, keep an eye out for tickets and, and how you can be a part of it
1: exactly so that's all I've got
0: alright well then I guess if you don't like what we had to say about Mortal Kombat I've got two words for you watch Watch movies movies. (laughs) The Shameless Picture Show is recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin and Easton, Maryland and is hosted and produced by Nick Richards and Michael Viers. today's episode was edited by Michael Viers. our opening theme music was written especially for us by The Directionals with narration by Zach McClain The end credit music you're enjoying at the moment was generously provided by my friends in the band 10 Speed. The shameless graphic design is masterfully done by Amanda Byers. An extra special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters and to our generous sponsors. We are on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, and Libsyn. You can find links for all these amazing people in the description below.